some of the things that people post and some of the things that people do are related to wanting to be liked. It is nice when you when you put an opinion out and it's validated by loads of people. It's not nice when you put an opinion out and you get one like off your mum. This isn't yeah. now just reserved for celebrities or those leaders. It's people yeah. are building that before they've even built a business now. But because it's there, everyone now feels like a pressure, especially within business, to be a creator in some way, shape or form. It's very easy to try copy what somebody else does, but you're never going to win long term in that and really try to figure out what you can bring to the table as like uniquely you as best as you can in that moment. These days, CEOs have gone from nameless suits to influential celebrity leaders. And when we think of big personalities in the context of business, they all have one thing in common, charisma. Some call it the X factor, but whatever the definition, we can all usually agree when someone has it and when they're more boring than a falafel wrap. In this episode, we wanted to explore how important charisma is when it comes to business and leaders. Is it something you're just born with? Can it be taught or even fate? We're joined by the perfect guest to help us answer those questions. Ash Jones is the founder of personal branding specialists, Great Influence, and he's the mastermind behind some of the new wave of industry leaders, including Stephen Bartlett, Gary Neville, and Carrie Rose. And we asked him why his clients value personal brands so much. Do they put themselves out there because it helps them build businesses and gain power and influence in their sector or is it more to do with ego and fame? And we talk about managed personal brands and why they sometimes can go wrong. Ash had some really interesting thoughts and stories to share and hopefully you'll enjoy it too. So Ash, you work with some of the most influential leaders in the UK. Why do you think they put so much importance on their own personal branding? It's always been a thing like pro having a high profile is important in any kind of walk of career. Social media comes along and makes it a hundred times more not important, but people are just way more aware of it now. Then you've got like 2015, 16, Instagram and influencers happen. And now that is like TikTok and the creator kind of explodes. It's not it's not something new. You know, there's been business people that have written books for decades and that is like, or doing PR and profiling and things like this. But social media and the rise of like influence online is probably made it a hundred times more of a pressing or just something people are aware of more. Because now social media, people have to, they see you every day and there's multiple platforms. <clears throat> it's just, you're still doing exactly the same thing, but you're just doing more of it, but just not at the same kind of, when I say scale, it's not like, a, so releasing a book was like a big thing. You might release a book every once, every two years or whatever, and you might do then a PR tour promoting that book. Where now it's almost like you can talk in real time to your audience. And I think that's why it looks like it's far more important now or it's more mm. popular now only because it's the pure volume of it and then also the number of people doing it. This isn't yeah. now just reserved for celebrities or those mm. leaders. It's people yeah. are building that before they've even built a business now. They feel like that's an important step to building a brand, building a yeah. business. Where the other way, in my mind, it was the other way around. Like If you think back to, say, business in the early noughties, it would be Richard Branson would be someone that you'd see doing all this stuff and it'd be, you know, in the newspapers and doing sort of stuff. It was like only reserved for the absolute elite in business. Mm. Now yeah. it's almost like, oh, to be like that person, you've got to do the things that he does so yeah. everyone's doing it. I think there's a bit of that. Do you reckon it's also uh, like uh, endorphin-led as well? Because a lot of people do it because it feels good. Like uh, yeah. We have a lot of people who yeah, do sure. who build personal brands and <clears throat> put all their opinions out online and I always say to people well, what, what the fuck are you doing it for because mm. like, cause what you've just put out there doesn't mean anything it's not bringing anything for your business so why have you done it and no one can really explain that to me yeah. everyone either gets 
pissed off at me for saying it. Yeah. Or they haven't really got an explanation as to why they did it. So it, it, it's, to me, I think a lot of it's led. I, I, we're, we're all still kids at the end of the day as well, right? And, and popularity is big for kids. When you're not popular or you're a, an in-betweener, you remember it at school. Mm. People always have bad experiences about how I was bullied or I was bottom of the pile or I wasn't popular, I didn't have many mates, right? We all kind of need it. I think it's an extension of that, some of it. Mm. Some of the things that people post and some of the things that people do are related to wanting to be liked. Yeah, childhood and, trauma. And, and, and yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think some of it is, and I think we've all been guilty of it. It it is nice when you when you put an opinion out and it's validated by loads of people. It's not nice when you put an opinion out and you get one like off your mum. It's dopamine, isn't it? It's just dopamine. It's dopamine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's... exactly. So it, there's, there's there's an element. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's not valuable. It is valuable, but I think I think it, there's a bit of a crossover here where people are wanting big personal brands or loads of attention mm. online, but not really knowing what it's for without yeah. a purpose. Do you no, know, I think it's the interesting thing to me about it is like I the, the way that I see it, like the people that we work with, I don't see the job that we do as any different from like um a musician or an athlete in that they do the same thing. It's all about like trying to raise their profile and make them more popular. Mm. Um but none of those worlds refer to it as personal brand. Do you th yeah. so? Do you yeah, think now then, um, sort of business people now, <clears throat> like running these companies, are they like modern day celebrities? Like there's musicians, athletes, yeah. entrepreneurs. Is that like there's its a, own there's, thing? A, there's an element of it? Yeah, surely. Yeah, but like that, like like, it's like Gary Vee, he's probably like a celebrity businessman, yeah. right? He definitely is. I don't. But like Asher said, a point there that you said, like, isn't it interesting how athletes and that don't call it personal branding? Yeah, what do it's they call it? It's just fucking... It's not got a name. It doesn't have a name, yeah. yeah. It's not a thing. It's just what they do, and there's record labels, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. sports management companies, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they're all working to raise yeah. the profile. I guess, yeah. I guess the strategy behind it, though, right, to get a sponsorship um, deal, or there's got to be strategy <sighs> why they want to be in the media still, if you're an athlete, or do you think it's just a byproduct of you actually did something interesting, so news shares it anyway? I don't think there's like one thing that they go for. I think it just helps all the activity that they do kind of powers everything else. So like take an athlete, them on the field, them off the field, everything that they do is all powering like multiple things in their career. It's like helping them get a better contract. It's helping them get commercial deals. It's helping them get PR and the things they do on social are helping achieve this and there's no, I don't think there's like a one goal. There's lots of different layers and all the layers are kind of working towards helping other bits, if mm. that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I mm. see it. I think personal brand is like this really interesting, I feel like it's natural for the, especially in like the marketing industry and the business industry to need a term for something. You say there, there's no gatekeeper anymore yeah. to anyone doing anything on social. So in the same way, you've got like, you know, half of my team are on TikTok, but it's just them and the friends. There's a lot of people who are just on TikTok and then some kind of rise above and make it and people care, but everyone's kind of creating now. Yeah. And yeah. I think the personal brand thing is somewhere, I think it leans more to the people who are creating for the maybe the first time or they're not, you know, if you took all social media away, they probably wouldn't go after writing the book like a Richard Branson. They probably won't go after the traditional things, but because it's there, everyone now feels like 
a pressure, especially within business, to be a creator in some way, shape, or form, or they're just like, why wouldn't I? It's free, free access to something that they're looking for. You can't. I mean, it can't be free access unless you shit. I always ask people that when they yeah. come in for personal brand, and I always say, "Well, what are you doing at the minute?" I'm posting this, and I, most people can't answer. You know, answer the question why. Or yeah, I say, yeah. What are you getting from it? And they say, oh, well, no, nothing. Yeah, but nothing. Do you, and I say, well, 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 but why haven't you changed it? Then? Do you think that's because there's been a lot of uh, of talk and a lot of noise from people that haven't actually achieved anything in business or ever yeah, had yeah. to sell a product that solves us a, a problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the only thing they've built is personal brand. I've been seen by a lot of people on LinkedIn. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to, yeah, so yeah. you need to turn up every day. You need to be yeah. frequently posting. You need yeah. to be consistent, all these things. Yeah. So it's, they're following the advice of somebody that hasn't actually achieved anything in proper business, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Well, we, 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 we get the same thing and, 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 you know, might offend some people. Don't give a shit. Um, but the, um, we get a lot of people coming in and they go and, and, and they've, they've tried that whole personal branding thing with a personal branding coach before. Mm. We know it's just a single coach who's built a big profile online. Yeah. And now seems to think that they can tell everyone else how to do it as well. And they all they do, because they don't understand marketing and they don't understand the basics of marketing or, or and the, the, every audience is different and everybody has, has, has to have a different approach and the strategy has to be different. All they give them is a, a, a almost like a cookbook. Yeah. These are my yeah. templates. You know, post a selfie, post a post like this that has to be emotive about what I've had for dinner or how I feel about someone's rights or whatever the fuck it is. And then off you pop. And then what will happen is you'll get loads of leads in like me. And and then they tried that approach and they come to us going, it didn't work. I tried, I tried everything yeah. they said. I did everything they said to the letter and it didn't work. It didn't work because you're not them. They're yeah. not marketers. They don't understand how to market themselves. And growing a social media account to big numbers doesn't give you the right to then go, I'm a good marketer. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have the basic understanding of marketing. Strangely enough, relate a lot of thinking to like, if it was a, if this was the music industry yeah, and it's kind of like a musician then like, you know, the personal brand thing, a musician should just be a musician. It's not yeah. often that you get a musician then trying to like sell the art of how to be a musician. Yeah, 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 the yeah. record label does that yeah, and the yeah, musician yeah. stays a musician. They might do songwriting for other people and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But they don't typically get into the business of then helping other people become no. musicians. And they also and don't try and game the system either. They don't go, they, they, they might create a persona or whatever, but they're not trying to create a persona based on someone else's rule book. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a musician. This is who I am. This is my music. This is what I'm expressing. And then people either buy into that or they don't. Whereas in the business world, it's like, I want to create a personal brand. Here's someone who's created a personal brand. That's their playbook. I'll follow that. And then wonder why it doesn't work. Yeah, there's nothing authentic about it. There's nothing real about it. So. I almost didn't start Great Influence because I thought that obviously I'd been at Social Chain and worked with Steve, mm. and that was all I knew. I thought this, you're just not going to find another Stephen Bartlett. Like I've not met any of them. So, and you need that to be able to do what, you know, if I was to try do some of the work that we did again, yeah. you'd need someone like that. So I almost didn't go into doing it. Because of kind of that point that you're making I there. Remember, I remember like, when we first met and you said, I'm, I'm never going to have my own business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I felt that way because even though I got into it and the first two, three years, I maybe didn't listen enough to that advice, but you kind of come to realize over time that it, you know, what we were saying before about really trying to work on strategy and positioning we would maybe, you know, year one, when you're trying to figure out for the first time, you're just doing the work and you kind of figure out the people afterwards and then the work gets better. 
Whereas now it's, we're really trying to figure out the people and then taking that. So I could never, I was right. I could never have repeated the trick Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's impossible. Yeah. Well, so you does, can, does you that... can do it, but it doesn't work, does it? Do you think Stephen Barlett had some raw materials that most people haven't got? And that's why he went on for the success. Do you think that's a template that other people couldn't follow and get the same results? Yeah, like he has something that I've not seen in anyone else. And is it that like X Factor charisma that you can't quite put a name? Yeah, you can't articulate it. I'm going to see Robbie Williams tonight. Why is Robbie Williams playing the arena? It's like you can't articulate what it is. He's just Robbie Williams. It's rare that people have that. Mm. And I think there are things that you can learn from it, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you can literally lift and repeat. You can, but the ceiling is really low in terms of the results. So it's like... You have people who are innovators and then you have people who will imitate the innovator. And the annoying thing that people find about, this happens in business when they're like, they copied our work. But what you'll find nine times out of 10 is that the ceiling for their results are way lower than yours as the innovator. Yeah, And it's, it's kind of like that, where it's like you could copy and just re- try repeat the trick, but you're never gonna have the number one podcast in the country. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the things you can learn, though. We might. We might. Yeah. I think we'll be number two, to be honest. Do you think, do you think Mike has the X? No, I think we're 17, yeah. the 17th most popular See? marketing yeah. podcast in Finland. Yeah. So when Mike we first met. X Factor. So this is, I've got the X Factor. I've got a hat in there. Is that all I need? Put yeah. 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 Hat on <laughs> you made it. Right? Um, but it's some, like you can't articulate what it is. It's like yeah. when we first met, I walked into Pen and Pencil and I was like, I was like, oh, there's that guy and it's just not in a negative way Um, but there's just something that you can't articulate about what it is personality isn't it Um, and the people that really stand out in business sports music whatever are the people with the most personality most Mm. of the time yeah. So my argument's always been that right my and I've I've said this on there if you've got the personality of a falafel rap yeah you're going to struggle to grow a decent personal brand, unless yeah, 100%. unless someone who doesn't have the personal personality of a flaffle rap writes for you, yeah. right? But and that's why then, you get a lot of LinkedIn ghostwriters. So they they. But the problem with that is, mm. like we said before, is you, is you know you, you can go and write for someone, create them this great personal brand, then they go and meet someone in a sales meeting, and they go, what the fuck? They've not got the same aura yeah. that that you do online, yeah. right? So it can, you can trick it to a certain point, like you said, but. This is the, this is the problem, and it's that half your battle then for your business finding the right people. Because do you have to reject a lot of people? One out of every hundred leads we might work with. Oh, really? really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, we need it, more leads. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Could you send the ninety nine? Send the ninety nine to hello at I am Productions. Yeah, but I like that. I like that though, how you position it because when I look at your client list and there's some big names on there, mm. it's. It kind of makes me think that you could probably have people queuing up and waiting to be on a waiting list for when you do want to work with people. And it also means as well, you can charge premium and you attract the creme de la creme, is that what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, everyone wants to be like Steve Barlow. Yeah. Yeah. What's your checklist? What's your checklist then? If if someone comes into you and says, I want want a personal brand building by great influence, what's your checklist? How do you know whether they're they're Yeah, we have one. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you know whether they're they're Um, right? What do you ask? There's like a a bunch of different signals to do with like what they've done so far from a like profiling perspective. We're basically trying to look whether there's traction there from like, is the scale in this person? Either they've got scale already and we work with people who have millions of followers on TV on it, like they've got scale. Mm. 
And then if they're not, if they're a bit earlier, is that scale there? Like, I don't know, have they been covered in like national press and was that a bit of a one-off or was this, you know, like you can look for, yeah, yeah. even if it's not there yet, yeah. you can almost see is the signals in what they've done that maybe indicates on the way. And then also, do we feel it at the same time? Mm. Yeah. Because taking on someone that it doesn't work for or someone that doesn't meet that criteria could possibly damage your reputation and your brand, right? Or not? Or is that not really important at this stage? Um, I've never, it's important, but I've never thought that. Yeah. Or probably stupidly. Um, but I kind of think of it like, you're a football fan, right? You support yeah, yeah. Everton. Everton, yeah. So Pep Research, Guardiola, and he says, he's like, you know, people herald him as this great manager. And he's like, I can't do it unless I've got 50 million pound players. We can't do what we're good at if we don't have. Mm. We we can, but it's kind of like that's like the ceiling again, right? You could only yeah. take him from. It's, it's easy to take someone from good to great than it is. To yeah, from no yeah. and it's almost like a shame of what. And I had to learn this in business as well, where I feel like, again, like the music analogy thing. I feel like my experience working with Steve was that I was the when you go and make a record. Like I went and made one and there was a producer and an engineer and the producer is the one who's like the visionary leading the way. And the engineer is kind of sitting there doing the bits in the background and kind of pulling bits together and all that. And I felt like I was an engineer in like the Stephen Bartlett thing, like personal brand. Mm. Um, and he was the producer and coming out of that, I then was like, right, I'd like to be a producer now. Yeah. but I'm an engineer and like any engineer who wants to be a producer would you go work your way literally from the ground up and you know make your mistakes get it wrong get it right and then you get like commissioned to do you know this quite good band and you're like oh that's we're getting there and then start working your way up and um who were your first few um clients then with Great influence. A guy called Nathan Priestley was first client and he runs a construction business in Leeds. Yeah, and that's and interesting, right? So how you would build his personal brand, it's construction, you're then, that'd be a very different thing to say if you were building the personal brand of yeah. almost like a celebrity. Right? I imagine the kind of content you'd put out for him yeah, would be very different to the stuff you'd put out for Gary Neville. Yeah, it didn't work. Oh, really? Uh, I got, so it started Great Influence June 2018 and I was doing that kind of work for like nine months and I got to this point and I was like, I just don't know if this is going to work because it's not working. Yeah. Um, and it was only when we started working with the people who it was right for that it started working. So, so it was that experience that maybe gave, made you create this checklist then if we need certain things to make what we do work very well. Do you think? I think that's like a hindsight learning rather yeah. than a something we were aware of at the time do you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah i think it's you know the it's like anything like you're both really good at what you do and you have a team who are really good at what you do and it's almost like a shame if you've not <laughs> if you're not living up to the best that you can do as a team yeah, yeah. do you feel like you're an engineer how did I become Mike Winnett's team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have I done with my personal I brand? Shit tattoos is on this checklist, and it's well, a chance to be in <laughs> What about if someone's done something wrong? So say you know, say I'd like touch the dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dan, have you touched the dog? 
Right, let, let's get to that. <laughs> let's get <laughs> Wait. Uh, maybe. The, anima- um, the animators are rubbing their hands. Say, <laughs> <laughs> say um, stop it. <laughs> so say if I'd uh, say if I'd touched the dog, right? And I was in trouble. But it's not it's not career ending. But everyone yeah. knows I'll touch the dog. You know, I've not touched any staff. I've not done anything like that. Please stop saying that. My, <laughs> my career's going downhill, mm. right? Have you ever, have you, is, is that something that you could do? Like, as in take someone who has influence and, and like say scale, but or like turn, rebuild. Turn, turn it round for them, like almost rescue their career. Is something about to come out next week? I've got this feeling. <laughs> if something really bad happens yeah. in the next 10 days and some news comes <laughs> out. Let's yeah. see what Ash says first. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. We haven't, but you could. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all just like because sports management companies do that. A lot yeah, of the time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Reputation career. management Repet- and yeah, shifting, yeah, yeah. you know, so PR and you know, trying to recover people's <laughs> yeah. profile and things like that. So you could. We just haven't. But I think mm. we've done similar where we've had to shift someone's identity or extend their identity, where yeah. it's like they're known for one thing, and the truth is that they actually do a couple more but they're only known really for the one thing. Yeah. But these are the couple are really, really important to the rest of their career. Yeah. But nobody knows that they do them. So they come to us to help them bring that bit up, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, the yeah. same thing, isn't it? It's like repositioning and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we get brands yeah, that come to us it. all the time to do it because they think for some reason that offended couldn't pull them out of shit because they had a shit product. Right. Yeah. All the customers are complaining about it. What can we do for him? So we've had we've had quite a few. If it was me personally in that situation, in any situation where my, my reputation was damaged, I personally, and this isn't like a thing that, you know, somebody else, I might advise something different. But for me personally, if I had the choice, I'd always try to like own it yeah, or mm. be honest about it. I've never seen anyone fail being honest. Well, unless you touch dogs. Unless you touch dogs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had a friend who... Um, <laughs> He had a business and uh, he had built a bit of a name for himself. And then the business kind of went a bit south and ended up getting liquidated. And somebody did a bit of an exposed thing on something else, but using his tale as like the point of the story. Um, and he had two choices in that moment, like come out and deny or try to like blame someone else or this or that. Mm. And he did the opposite and it was like, it just completely, and it also came, he had to do a bit of work himself because his first thing was to come out firing and Mm. defend and protect as you would with your own reputation. Um, And I think after a couple of days, he's Manchester based this company. Yeah. Um, I've got a few, I think I know who this might be actually. And after a couple of days, he kind of like, you know, self-reflection was, was able to come out and kind of own the things that had gone wrong and yeah. and the respect that he got out of coming out and just being honest yeah. in public, but also in private when people have said to me afterwards. So that kind of influenced my own thinking on what I would do in a similar situation. We, we, we always say that. I've always said that. I've said whatever comes out from my past, I'm just the, the offended way is just to own it. Yeah, that's the only only way you can. You're just gonna have to own it. Everybody knows you've done it. You can't. You can, it's not like old school where you can cover stuff up. Yeah, it, doesn't it exist spreads anymore. far too far too far and wide on social media to be able to limit the damage. I think it's yeah. nice as well in like an era where, especially in business, so much is about like, in the same way it's Instagram was the same. So much is about showing the best life. 
especially in business, you're always yeah. trying to show the best life and make things look great. To actually come out and be honest yeah. is probably more respected. Yeah. And, it and, it, and, it, and it and it works as well. That 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 honesty works. It it, it you know it's just get, trying to get other brands to realise it does. We've we've proved it with a billboard campaign talking about people slagging us off, yeah. and a, and a, and, an ad, and a recruitment ad campaign talking about. You know, basically, the, the realities of working in a marketing business. Some parts are shit. So, I think there's there's a there's a new wave of thought there, and we're proving that it works, and the results are proving themselves. Yeah. I, I I'll be honest, I was nervous about both of those campaigns, and I wasn't sure whether they would work. Yeah. I think it's the same for an individual. There has to be people can see through everything nowadays, and everyone, particularly in the UK, we're all fucking skeptical. Yeah. Mm. Um, Just to go back to an earlier point, two early points. One, the dogs. Not definitely not the dogs. We've covered dogs, and you've you've touched dogs extensively in this podcast so far. Um, let's go back to um, what you said earlier. Dan. I think there's still a confusion of why somebody who, to the general public, has made it. So you know, you've been a professional footballer or whatever. Why you'd still want to be on social media pushing yeah. pushing yourself and your opinions and your views? Is that just human nature? Yeah, I think some people are just really like enjoy it. It's mm. genuinely something they find interesting and you leave yeah. them to their own devices, take everything away apart from the phone and every purpose away and they still kind of do it because they just enjoy doing it. Mm. Dan, do you think do you think you if you sold offended, you, you sat on a boat in yeah. you know, the no, Caribbean? I'm, I'm gone, mate. I'll go and I'll post? go and sit in the Caribbean and I'll just wind people up there instead. <laughs> <Would you be laughs> I'm I'm really I, I I say this repeatedly and people don't believe me. The reason I post, I don't like social media. I don't post, yeah. I don't update on Instagram a lot unless I'm pissed. And that's because my inhibitions are all gone. I don't, I don't uh, have Facebook. I don't have any other social media. I have LinkedIn because I've grown a business on it. I do other people's social media. Yeah. But but with a purpose. LinkedIn, the reason I post once a week, Max, is because I know that that's, if I do a quality post that bangs once a week, I know I'll get five decent leads and I will probably close one. And I know it'll continue the business growing at the rate it has done. That's all I'm interested in. Once I've sold offended, I'm not doing it for any other purpose. I don't give a, most of my opinion, this is the thing that people don't realize on, on LinkedIn. Most of my opinions and most of the things I do, I only half believe. I do them because I've seen somebody else get wound up by it, or yeah. I've I've seen a lot of that stuff that I post. I do on purpose to wind people up because I know it'll bring people to the table. All I'm basically doing is lighting the fire. I let everyone else burn themselves. Yeah. I don't I, actually give a fuck about my own opinion half the time because unless it's the people that are close to me or the people that matter, yeah. I couldn't care less what your opinion is. I think there's a bit of a thing where. And the, this ties into the personal brand thing where doing those actions is really useful at times for business. Mm. And therefore, it kind of like, it's a good idea for a lot of people to be taking advantage of that. Yeah. But it also crosses over with what we were talking about before, about like a musician and athlete mm. and all that kind of mm. thing. There's not, I think that only exists in business where it's like if the the leads thing wasn't there, the majority of people wouldn't do it. You'd just be left yeah. with the like the the Stephen Bartlett's of the world mm. who are like yeah. personalities that people find interesting with audience and scale and all this kind of thing. And some people cross over, you've probably both crossed over mm. from one almost to the you other say without this, but the last couple of people we had on here talking about personal brand had never fucking heard of us. Well, they did it about you. I think I'm only known in what, even from Warrington, no one knows me really. Sometimes people just think I'm you. Yeah, that's true. Which is, yeah. 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 I'm a shit version of you is what I get told <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Just carry on that point, Ash. I think yeah. Gary Vee once asked the question, why don't you just go and sit 
on a beach and chill out. I, I want to be in a, on a beach in Mexico instead of being on an office in Sweden in no, cold November. And I think his answer in his sort of hustle porn kind of way was the, the very fact that you're visualizing yourself sat on a beach is the reason you'll never get there in the first place. The best way to make money is to make less money than you're making now, enough to still live, because you got to live, around something that does interest you because you wake up eight years later and it's something good is actually happening. These people have got something in them that drives them forward that the majority of us perhaps haven't. Yeah. And that's why they get there instead. Well, that's bollocks because that, that would mean that, that, that um, being, uh, you know, uh, outward with your opinions and posting on social media would, would, be, would be critical to any success. And that's fucking nonsense. Just because yeah. I've sold a business doesn't mean I'd just suddenly just stop there and drink cocktails. I'd, I'd still have to do something because I'm that sort of personality. So I'd go and write another shit book again that wouldn't get published. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm three novels deep and no one's even had a sniff. Um, <laughs> but maybe so, that, maybe but, that but, is the point, though. That maybe you guys are interested in that spark. Is that intensity that comes with you? Yeah. Maybe. I know I have to do something. Yeah, I, yeah. I've always to got do to be doing something. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I know I'm dangerous. I can't myself. sit still. I can't sit still. I can't, I can't watch a film without annoying Charlotte. Mm. I can't do it. I, I have to be doing something yeah. constantly. It's, like it's, this. it's interesting that you said about footballers and stuff like that. I think it's such an intense and short career that when you think about it, we're saying like, well, why is a footballer retiring at 35 or whatever? Mm. They've got another 30, 40, 50 years to go. Mm. So it's weird that people would assume mm. that they would just then all of a sudden sit, sit down. Yeah. The whole life's been managed, right? They've had routine. Yeah. Take that away from someone. They have to find something. And pushing a personal brand and post online and building businesses and investing in stuff and getting involved in the business side is far less destructive than how I think if you go back sort of 10, 15 years, footballers might own a pub, spend like, yeah. maybe a bit earlier than that, the 80s, 90s, they'd own a pub, they didn't have as much money and they'd end up being alcoholics or bang into the drugs all the time. And, you know, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, I don't necessarily, I think it confuses people. I'm not confused, but I can see why they do it. Mm. The bit that maybe does confuse me is why you would ever live on social if you didn't need to. Yeah, I think it's because of yeah. the hate and the and all the negativity. I mean, yeah, everybody yeah. gets some. You want to come off it social? Might be, so might right? be relevant. Yeah, off, yeah. It might be relevance as well because I suppose, especially particularly if you're a footballer and your career ends in your 30s or whatever, then then the only way that you're going to keep getting new jobs and pundit jobs and being taken seriously is if you're relevant. Relevance, the minute yeah. you're no longer relevant, no one's hiring you again because mm. someone else is more relevant than you maybe are. Maybe that comes back to your earlier point about a little bit of ego as well in yeah, there and a little yeah. bit of enjoying the attention. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's yeah, a we, bit we of we a melting do pot. Does. There's a lot going on with it, why someone would do it. I think yeah. it's a bit of a melting pot and there's yeah. a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of this, a bit yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, you know, take like the personal brand thing i think there's a lot of debate around that at the minute and the reason for that is like everyone now can kind of go and do it therefore if everyone's doing it the quality of what is happening is like you yeah. know it's been it's been it's diluted really, it can so be much. really really low and yeah. it's it's like watching the x factor yeah. where harry styles was on the x factor and has gone on to do what he's done yeah he, he was a, somebody who people found interesting with personality audience and scale but there was also the other ten thousand people that applied that can't sing but still went on stage and sang and tried and everyone went yeah we don't like this yeah, yeah. and i think that's you know the gates are open now and anyone yeah, yeah. with a social media account can stand on stage and sing yeah. but time and 
the audience will decide whether yeah. you're still there 10 years later, if that makes low sense. Barrier, is that low barrier to entry? And that's the same reason as we, 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 we started off personal branding. Yeah. Um, and we do very, very little of it now. We work with brands because I can do cool stuff with a brand. I'm pretty confident that no matter how boring the brand, we can grow it. We can do some pretty cool stuff with it. Think, think outside the box, go completely left of center and do something fucking mental. Whether you're in a fucking uh, an insurance firm or you, you know, uh, created technology to cure cancer, right? But the, um, but we've stopped doing personal branding because that that's the problem. Everybody wants you to do that for them. Everyone looks at it and goes, I want you to turn me into one of those accounts or I want to get the same numbers as yeah, you yeah. or I want to be going viral like you. The reality is you might not be capable of it. Yeah, no, You're but a producer you, at the is, end of the day. This is yeah. what happens, And right? it's the quality of the band that walks in the studio. Exactly. Yeah, they. I think too many people, like too many people that get rejected, don't even get to put through to judges' houses, think that they can be Harry Styles or want Harry Styles' numbers and Harry yeah. Styles' results. And that's yeah, yeah. a problem. But you know why that is a problem? Lots of reasons. Low barrier to entry. But they've been told by anybody that sells these services cheap and at scale that mm. have never really built a business or a brand themselves. They've only been in personal branding three, six months. Are telling anybody they can do it so they can sell their shitty templates for 57 quid mm. or 59 quid that's why everyone's been told you can be whatever you want now yeah. but like you said steve bartlett had something like that's almost intangible yeah. everybody has been told that they can also be that and they can also have that mm. and they're all following the same copy and paste formula to achieve that thing and it's yeah. it's bullshit so maybe it's just about being more realistic about what you can actually achieve. Yeah, I said well, that's not necessarily throwing it all away and saying no, it's no, not. No, no, at all. And I think yeah, yeah. Ash, to continue that point, you mentioned earlier about the football league. I guess you're working with Champions League level people, but there's lots of leagues underneath there where people could still still compete yeah. and enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. and make and a decent career. And have a good career and make yeah, good money. Yeah, be at Wrexham well, doing this, PR. This, this, yeah. is my, this is my point. On, so so I, I, I posted a, a rant to wind both sides of the table up uh, last week on um, when you know, they did that fucking list. Yeah, saying, yeah. oh, uh, we got you voted Ooh, in the list. A list that list means them. what list means absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what right? And they did that list. They did that list, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to wind both sides of the table up there because because we're all full of shit. And you have got the people going, um, you know, it's all vanity metrics. It's just big numbers. It doesn't mean anything. It's fucking nonsense, right? Which is true, right? It's true. Right? If you, if they're the wrong numbers, and all you're doing is posting, you know, uh, a kid who's got, uh, you know, uh, like this because this kid's got fucking John this in his eyeballs or whatever and it's not your kid you've got nothing to do with them and you get massive likes and it's not the right people it's, it's driving nothing it's a pointless fucking big pointless channel you can do that most people can do that right there are tricks to be able to create those channels so the uh, numbers are vanity metrics but then you've got the other side of the coin of if you get in if you get more of the right numbers that will generally lead to more of the right leads it's not it's not rocket science right so people go in Generally, the people crying out that these are vanity metrics and big num uh, big numbers are the people who are incapable of getting big numbers. Yeah. So they're both wrong, right? But then the other people who get those small numbers, what if, if you go, why are you trying to post for those numbers? Right, I'm getting 30 likes a post, right? But why? For more leads. Do you get more leads off those 30 like posts? Yeah, I do. Is your business growing fast enough? Yeah, it is. So what are you them about? It's what fucking interesting to make if you're on the list or not. Yeah. So yeah. What, what what so why are you bothered? So it, it's there was, every everyone was arguing about just fucking nothing, mm. basically. Yeah. So I just kind of joined in. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your little uh, flip what was funny, mate. Well, I think there's like the you know, personal there you're saying like personal brand people selling the services. There has been like an influx over the past like year or so of people doing it more and more, which right. you'd understand as it becomes a thing that is just more talked about within marketing, people will go and do that thing. I think a lot of people don't like 
I was very fortunate in that I had an experience for four years and that gave me at least a grounding, but I still went out and learned and did all the not great things at first and then yeah. kind of sharpened the tool and all this kind of thing. Um, and I think that's kind of happening now. Like you mm. look at some of the people that are doing it and a lot of them are quite young as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind. It's, yeah, experiencing years and yeah. Years, and the t like different. if they're here in 10 years, yeah. you know, then they'll have stuck with it and it wouldn't have been a, you yeah. know, it's something they're genuinely passionate about and found themselves interested in. It's not yeah. been a cash grab thing or something like that. Um, but you know, there's, you know, you had Shoaib on here. I've, I've not met him. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, he's made like good money for his age and starting out his career That's and nice. it's like yeah no, I actually was impressed with him yeah 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 life. and um i think i didn't think i would like him yeah, yeah. yeah i think a lot of people throw you know throw things at the whole personal brand thing and maybe people in that space and i think for the younger ones especially it's like whenever and i've been the same where if someone was going to get pissed off at it it'd be someone who's trying to do the good mm. the good work with the good intention and all this kind of thing. And I've said this before, I think personal branding, when it became like a thing in this country, could have gone one or two ways. You could have had the people from the McCanns and the Saatchis coming into it and the thinking would have been like, you know, a seriously high level. Yeah. But it's not been like that. And a lot of the time it's people who are cutting their teeth. Mm. Um, which yeah, has caused is, a bit of a, yeah. yeah. it's caused a bit of a debate. And I don't know, I, I kind of like try to know that I like they're just cutting their teeth a bit and some of them are young yeah. and Do you know you where I see yeah. Sorry, Dan. Do you know where I see a differentiate with you? Because you don't do a huge amount with your own personal brand, or you're not doing this off the back of your own personal brand. Yeah. So if I was coming to you as a client, I can see exactly what you've done for other people. And I think with a lot of these coaches, they've just done it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah, just yeah. done it for themselves yeah, yeah. with very no real specific reasons. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like, show me what you've done. You know, how have you sorted out Colin, the accountant? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. PR. But I think yeah. you, you, you know, I think it's a bit of a uh, moment in time as well. Do you know, like, again, I'm speaking about music, but like in 2006, Arctic Monkeys become the biggest band in the world. And then you get like, left, right, and center, bands popping up all over the place, these shit indie bands, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Pigeon Detectives and all this kind of thing. Yeah. It was just a moment for guitar bands. Yeah. And it kind of feels like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll just be a... Yeah, it'll, just be, yeah, it'll come full circle again. You, to me, seem reluctant to be known, seen, and the head of Great Influence. I don't know if yeah. that's my perception of you is wrong, but that's... It's no, I only... It's on. I would say it's only been maybe... Like I've known who you are for a long time, but it's only the last couple of months where I've actually seen you talking more about yourself yeah. and even like more personal stuff that I never thought I'd see yeah. you talk about. Like, is that deliberate? Because I've always thought you've shied away from that. Uh, I was most comfortable being behind, like, you know, in Steve's team and he, do, I was, that's my spot. I like being the quiet one in the corner. Um, so it was always, but there is a part of me like outside of business, I'm a songwriter and I've always wanted to make records. And part of that, yes, it's the passion for writing the songs. Part of it is also wanting to be in the spotlight, but I also don't want to be in the spotlight at the same time. It's almost like two, 
jarring things. Rhythm yeah. um, do you feel, do you feel like you need, but you need one to help with the other? Like as in, so you need to be in the spotlight to be known for it. It's like you sing a songwriting. So it's almost like you have to kind of do the bit you don't want to do to get the bit that you do want. I used to think that I needed to put myself out there. And there's a real like point in time that I can point to where everything before that was me almost like being like, no, you have to do this. And I look at it now and I'm just like, ah, it just doesn't feel like me at all. And then everything that I've done since that moment it's because I've wanted to do it. Like today, I've not I've not put anything out because I just don't feel like doing it today. Yeah. And I don't feel like there's anything, you know, I've got like notes of things that I've wanted to say or there's nothing that, sometimes it'll just be a real time thought in my head when I'm on a run and I'll be like, oh, okay, and I'll post that. But unless that's there, I don't do it. And I think that kind of perfectly sums up where I'm at with it, where by default, I like to be the, person in the corner not really i don't like to make bring attention to myself but i do like to put my thoughts out into the world and that, like the songwriter thing is that i'm yeah. essentially doing so almost like to do therapeutic that. then really yeah in, like, i'm just so, getting this out yeah. of my head so it's out there i'm almost not asked yeah. <laughs> and i think isn't, that, isn't that why you called yourself mike winnett though uh, why, why did you what the real in case reason? You didn't know. That's not, yeah, that's uh, even now people sometimes people yeah, think that's my yeah, real yeah. name. Yeah, so uh, your real what? name. Just a random funny story about that. I remember I was trying to check into a hotel in Belfast that someone had booked me into, and they wouldn't let me check in because I had no ideas might win it. And right. I was trying to explain like, oh no, it's not a real name. Yeah. And they were like, no, I don't get it. This is the booking. We need to see some ID. And I was like, imagine asking Rowan Atkinson for ideas, Mr. Bean. That's kind of what yeah. you're doing now. <laughs> like, this is me. This is my real passport. I flew here. Look at yeah. everything. They're like, no, we can't let you check in. And I was like, what the fuck? Really? You don't let me check That's in. Wild. So you know you didn't get in. Eventually, I had to phone the people that had booked me in and blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, oh, sorry. I was like, but you booked my flights in my right name. So why have yeah. you not booked me in the hotel? It's yeah, the right yeah, name. Yeah. It's fucking mad. Yeah. But it's been a growth thing for me where I've, I've not, I've got to a point now where I'm comfortable. Comfortable is the wrong word because comfortable is almost like you don't want to do it. It's like you're feeling like you need to do it for any reason other than wanting to. Um, and it's the same with songwriting, to be honest. I've been a bedroom songwriter for like 20 years. And then I went in the studio two years ago and finally did it. What sort of music? Noel Gallagher, Stephen Fretwell, Doves, all that kind of thing. Right. And also a bit of like alt country. I'm a big Ryan yeah. Adams fan. I write, I write um, songs when I'm drunk. About, yeah. about Charlotte, wrote one about mini our pug, about her pumps. Have you I might, got a pug? One on yeah, I got a pug. I've yeah. got a pug. Cost me, cost me, cost me two and a half grand. What has uh, this turned into? Two and a half grand to get a new was. taken out the other day. Do these, is this relevant to the business community? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what's a <laughs> funny story? If this was, if this was like dinner, I've got one. Business lessons the fucking. I'll tell you the business lesson is right. If you've got a business and you're a bit short cash, don't have a fucking dog. I tell you what, that's your business lesson. Bruce, my pug Bruce. So there was a moment where I was like, is great influence going to work? And we got one client that started to make it work. I got that client because of Bruce. Solid. So, Should I start using the dogs? Because I mean, my dogs are, you know what? I am going to I am going to use them. I'm going to start using them in videos. There was a video of me and Bruce that went viral. <laughs> no. It's in the top 200 Reddit posts of all time. He's sat on like a sofa like this and he's licking my face. And then I turn around and lick him back and he freaks out. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, oh, and yeah, it yeah. did like 50 million views on Lad Bible, all this kind of thing. Oh, no way. Um, and that was 2017. And in 2019, when I'm trying to get clients for the first time, 
I DM'd, I built a list of people that I wanted mm. to reach out to and I DM'd them with this photo of Bruce. Yeah. And I thought, who doesn't like a cute dog? And I said, the opening line was something like, I made uh, this, something like this dog got 500 million views. Yeah. Respond to me if you want to know how I can do the same for you. Oh, nice. Um, so I sent that out to a bunch of people and one of them got back to me and I took it into a whole like, you know, personal brand. I just used the fact that Bruce got that many views as like, I can help you on your socials or this kind of thing. Um, and most people ignored. If they ignored, I sent them a photo of Bruce looking really grumpy saying like, <laughs> he's he's not happy, but you know, if you ever want to explore this thing, get back to me. And then one guy got back to me and he ended up being the first person that helped me like figure out the first piece of mm. it now. So yeah. That's good. So it won't work for me because many many's like, you know, not the best looking pug in the world. She's cute, but she's right. got three teeth. <laughs> and a good looking, thing. What's a good yeah. looking dog? Well, I'll show you me and then you'll be able to decide, mate. What's interesting there is you said that you actually made a list of people that you wanted to work with. Yeah. So this is for great influence and you've gone, these are the types of people I want to work with and you've proactively approached somebody. Yeah. So you must have had certain criteria and certain characteristics that you thought we could actually do something with you. Not at that point. I was just no. like, it was for six months of business. I was like, I... I had, I had four grand in the bank when I left Social Chain, and that was the most money I'd ever had in my life. Yeah. Um, well, now I've got mail. And after the dogs. And I had, I figured out I had about six months because, and I was kind of getting to the end of that six months. So I was, you know, but you're just trying to get work at first, aren't it's you? It's interesting because that's what we did at Learning Heroes. We right. basically made a list of like 200 people that we potentially wanted to work with, and we went after them first. Yeah. And it was. It was if they had a certain size business, a certain job role. Right. And it was just like, so it's quite interesting how you were doing that on a, a obviously smaller scale and targeting individuals where we were doing the same thing with business. So, and obviously great influence has gone on to do well. We managed to scale and sell that business. I was, I was just thinking, I wonder if there's something in that, mm. having a very clear idea and making a well thought out direct approach. You've done it where you've gone, look what I've done, uh, 50 million views with this dog. I could do that for you. It's a bit of an interesting hook. Bit of yeah, a, yeah. I think too many people when they start a business literally put content out into the ether and just go, hopefully my ideal client's going to see that and contact me and wants to do business. Yeah. You're not realizing that the real magic hard work or graft kind of goes on unseen or in yeah. the shadows. You're going, do you know what? I think I can do something with you. I think I was really heightened to like my version of somebody's inbox with steve's yeah like yeah really busy mm. so i i kind of came at it thinking well, if that's what people's inboxes are like i'm I stand out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's interesting i think a lot of people don't it's shit yeah, messaging yeah. Yeah. and it does get lost in that inbox i think yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's where the magic happened in our business it was that combination of putting out good content that mm. talks and attracts your ideal client talking about mm. things problems in that industry again yeah. was there a reason for my posts when i was doing learning heroes yeah yeah Yes, I was talking about how shitty learning was, problems, you know, pay per head rather than unlimited subscription usage, whatever it might be. Um, it was that content that would speak to my ideal client, but it was in the DMs actually contacting my ideal client with almost like a specialized, um, customized reason to be contacting. Like, I could do X with you if you've got X, Y, Z problems, yeah. rather than just a generic copy, paste, copy, yeah. paste, copy, paste type thing. Yeah. So I think there's something in that, you know. We, for... we, we've done the standing out thing. We do a lot of, we've had a lot of success with things that people say don't work anymore or shit. We've had a lot of success with email. We've had a lot of success with postal. Yeah. 
because we've sent weird things through people's letterboxes and we've we've sent people weird emails that they're more likely to open. But then we something of value inside. Um, so it's, it's exactly the same. But most 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 channels and most things are saturated now. So yeah. the, the, mm. kind of the need to stand out and be different and show them something different. Like you say, if you're landing in CEOs in, inboxes that are just clogged full of shit, and yeah. you've probably got someone else sorting it out for them anyway. So it's even harder to get that person to then pass that message on. Yeah. Um, it's even more important to stand out and send them something that's of value and going to actually help them. I wonder yeah. if that's something in in us because we've all got businesses that we're, others would deem successful, right? So, and you're saying that you think we could you could probably do something with both of us, personal brand wise. So, um, there must be something in us that is separates us from those people that just yeah. don't really know what kind of content to post or how to attract uh, how to speak to people in DMs or whatever it might be. It's just really like understanding your own personality, I think, yeah. and letting that be like the sole thing. And then I think from there there's like a scale of And you can't how... learn that in a course, right? From you couldn't learn yeah. that in buying a downloading yeah. a PDF from the latest yeah. pick bank grounds. I've personally worked with like a influencer, right? I work with like a a bit of a not like a life coach, but I worked with a coach once to try like, I'm just really quite interested in understanding myself more. Mm -hmm. And I worked with a coach to kind of understand, like go through my what is life. A, what and, is a life? Like I, I've heard the term and you see them all over the place. What, what, what do you do? You so the one that more. I... You would need more than one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a therapist. <laughs> I can see them quitting. Yeah. But it's almost like, you know, you, you work with um, like a branding agency and they're like, well, yeah. what are your values? Go through your story. What are the points that are interesting? All that kind of thing. Yeah. And that helped me figure out. I was trying to... T I wasn't sure what I was trying to take to me doing anything in terms of like online or whatever. I wasn't sure what it was. And then I worked with her and I kind of started to understand myself a, a bit better. And then I felt like I got to a, to a point where I was able to take a, a more narrowed inversion of my own personality to the table, whereas I maybe wasn't before. And then I think from there, it's just like, how creative are you? Mm. Like you're incredibly creative. Thank so you've you. got like both personality and creativity scale mm. way more than I have. So you'll stand out way yeah. more because you're not only somebody who stands out, but then you're doing something different from everyone else who stands out. It's I'm almost not, like I an added stand layer. Out for the wrong reasons. I don't think you do. Uh, no, I think this is. I think you say stuff like that, but yeah, no, it's not the truth. We yeah, face yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't think so at all. The, yeah. um, so do, is it is it worth getting things like that? I mean, I know we're going off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about personal branding, but is it worth, <laughs> is it worth back. Uh, back to the dogs? Uh, is it worth getting um, things like life coaches and things? Because Dean, my business partner, has got a therapist at the minute. I've and got he a claims therapist. he's a changed man. Yeah. Like, I think everyone in business should have, like if you're a founder of a company, yeah. I think it should be compulsory for you to go to therapy every really? single week. Because oh, wow. I went this week and I had no idea that I was emotionally experiencing a situation and therefore bottlenecking me doing anything with it in business uh. until I came out. And I'd have never, ever guessed going in. But the business impact of me sitting there for an hour and kind of unraveling those things really heavily impacted a big decision I was making in business. But if you'd have asked me going in, like I actually went in being like, I could skip this week. I've not really got anything. And then within five, ten minutes, it's oh, they'll like... They'll find something when they're charging you 100 quid yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's and in you, we'll find it. I don't know. It's like, I think you have a responsibility to, you know, just try to 
mentally make sure that you're, you know, I'm responsible for other people now. Yeah. So I kind of have a responsibility to take care of myself. But also from a business strategy point of view, some of the best, not the idea or the thinking, but some of the best understanding and clarity has come in those sessions on the business and the decisions that I'm going through and all that kind of thing. And also you don't, I think I don't understand my own, again, it's just giving yourself the understanding of you and then noticing it in business. So I'm someone who typically like I'm a, a bit of a people pleaser that can run wild in business mm. and it cannot help your business, but it's you that's doing it and making those actions. Yeah, You're yeah. actually letting other people in your team down by being a people pleaser too much in business. Yeah, because you can do too much for some people, right? And it yeah, yeah, into exactly. Your profits and stuff like that. Or yeah. Someone becomes but I wouldn't have, time I wouldn't have kind of like stepped back and understood it and gone, oh, I am like that. And I need to therefore just be cautious of it and yeah. act on it and things like that if I hadn't been in therapy. Yeah. Question then. So if you had a life coach or whatever, I assume you'd get a life coach that has achieved something that you wanted to achieve was further along in life. You wouldn't get like a 19, 20, 21 year old life coach, right? They exist. I don't. Yeah. Mm, I think. I don't want somebody who's like achieve what I'm trying to achieve, like a f you know founder of great influence 10.0. I'm just looking for someone who's done the work, like their 10,000 hours on the frameworks, the theory, the this, the that, that I need to apply to me. If that makes yeah, sense, it does make sense. And taking that through then to the personal branding, yeah, um, industry. You'd want someone that's built personal brand and has got experience in that industry, has done the hard yards, has done their mm -hmm. 10,000 hours elsewhere, rather than someone that's built their personal brand in the last three months and is basically yeah. their one page ahead of you in the... Exactly. In the can, yeah, so right. that, yeah, doesn't it? I can't believe it was a 21-year-old life. Well, you're 21, I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't have the experience. Actually, is there anyone that you've worked with or anybody that you have an example of like a case study where you think they absolutely nailed their personal brand. I think Ben Francis has done an unbelievable job mm -hmm. at Gymshark. For does he have a team behind him that do it? He must do. Yeah, the production to, yeah. quality is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's not doing his phone, is he? I just like the fact that he was honest about he stepped down as CEO of Gymshark at one point and now he's taking it up again. And there was a period there for like two, three years where he was honest about where he was and he also didn't do what he's doing now. He didn't, he wasn't on social really for a period and he's, publicly said he was like it's just not it's just not me and it wouldn't have been him at that moment in time but the pressure for him to do it must have been huge yeah because that was the moment where everyone was kind of exploding for the first time and yeah. it would have been so easy for him to do it as the ceo or founder of gymshark I spoke about uh, ben francis on this before and what i found really interesting it's very different to a lot of people now and i would say I mean, I saw an interview where he was saying like, they're like a 0.006% business, you know, how they've grown and scaled yeah. and stuff. So we're talking like ultra unicorn, ultra elite, you know, what they've mm. actually done. But Gymshark was Gymshark before Ben Francis. A lot of brands now, it's they get themselves yeah. known yeah. first mm. and then you kind of know the business. I felt that mm. Gymshark have done it the way around. People don't really recognize that now because Ben Francis is Ben Francis now. Yeah. yeah. I would say that's only the last two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. You knew Jim Shark were four years ago, five years ago, before you really know, knew who Ben, ben Francis was. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I in my mind, yeah. done it the right way round. Yeah. yeah. Jim Shark was going to be yeah. successful even if no one knew who yeah. Ben Francis what, was. What grew, what grew first then? What was it? Was it 
concentrating on growing social chain first or did social yeah. chain grow on the back of Steve? No, he was just the best marketing that we had. So I was marketing director for the first year of social chain. Mm. So it was my job to like social chain marketing, which wasn't Steve. Yeah. And at that first year, we got to the end of the year, we sat down and it was like, nothing has worked. Absolutely nothing. And I'm lucky to be in a job at this point. And, but at the same time, Steve in the first year was going and trying to win clients by speaking on stage. And every time he did that, it not only worked in getting clients, mm. but it just, people started to talk about him. Yeah. So we sat down and we were like, that's how, because nothing else is working, but, and it was almost like he approached that from a sales point of view. And then we realized that it could be a market, like a marketing thing. Mm. So for the first year, it was all that. And Steve was doing like, he collabed with the drum to do this series called like Breaking Social. And his first video was about like insight into how Snapchat works. And it was all that. And then I think it just quickly, like the door of opportunity opened for it to be bigger. And he had a passion as well to- But there was a business a reason a for doing these things, right? These were yeah, very the deliberate actions to yeah. grow the business, yeah. right? I think the best example that I've seen in recent years of someone who has utterly, utterly nailed it to for business is George Heaton from Represent. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Uh, what does he, he do? What does Represent so do? I'm dressed head to toe in Represent. Oh, it's, it's clothing brand. Pants, top, my entire wardrobe is Represent. Right. And Why? Because of, because of the brand or because you like the clothes? Um, I mean, the, the clothes are great, but also George is, if you think of the the person who wears represent, he is like the aspirational version of that person. And he lives it super, like he's just himself and he shares that with the world. Mm. And it just turns out that it also helps him sell represent by the bucket load. So the only thing I'd take from that chat is maybe someone listening who's looking to grow their own following, it all sounds a bit bleak. Like you've either got the spark or you haven't. What do you say to that? Um, I, I, my personal take on it is you can do, there, there are two ways you can deal with it. Number one, people should be, in my opinion, concentrating nowadays on, because uh, personal brands become a little bit fashionable. Um, concentrating more on growing actual brands because you, you can sell brands, not people. I've said it before. Uh, and also, you don't need one of these huge personal brands. Everyone thinks you have. you don't need the thousands and thousands of likes. I, you know, I, I know kind of we get, we get decent engagement and stuff, but you don't need them. We've, we've had clients that are getting 50 likes that hit the right people that get the right number of leads and they're able to grow the businesses and grow very successful businesses on the back of them. You don't have to be Mr. Or Mrs. Popular online. That's, that's, that's not that. When did that become a business goal? Right, some it's right for some people, and that's that. That's the the, the truth of it, right? You're, not everyone's capable of doing it. Simple as that. Like I say, everyone can leverage social media platforms to help them achieve business objectives, whatever those business objectives are. But I think the way of approaching it is just understanding first what that business objective that you're trying to achieve is, and then how do I, as a person who's a voice, so to speak, or using my platform, help achieve that. Um, and everyone can do that, but I don't think it's achieved by copying what somebody else does. It's instead just like taking influence from what other people do and then bringing that into you making whatever it is that you do. And the people that, like you say there, haven't got the million followers that 
do the best job of it. They're never going to go viral, but they just stand out for one reason or another. And I think it's because they understand why they're doing it. They understand the objectives of why they're doing it. And then they go, okay, should I do this or not? And the answer isn't always yes. The answer isn't always yes, start posting on social or anything like this. There might be a better way to achieve that business objective. But if that can help, they then understand who they are, take influence from what other people have done that they like, and then bring to the table something that when they press post, they can live with. That's my thing. I always think if I press post on this, I try not to think what happens after. And if I've got to that point and it's something that I would share regardless of the performance of it. If it does, great, great. If it doesn't, then, yeah. There's an emotional thing that people have to deal with when in putting themselves out there, which is understandable because it's yeah. your ego and things like that. And I think you just have to get over the fact that it doesn't have to be liked. You just have to want to say it and think it's the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. And that's all you can control. Do you what I've noticed about a lot of these new businesses now, there's a lot of focus, especially on LinkedIn, especially about company culture. Yeah. And I know you got a lot of PR. We you the best boss in the universe for taking your guys to Ibiza. Apparently so. And I did I that post about people going to Ibiza, which caused a lot of hassle. But yeah. like how you know, how important is culture? Who controls that narrative? You know, how does it help the business? My greatest memory of social chain was we went to Dubai once and I've I've never left sale more in my life. And the first place that I went to was Dubai. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And it was just a core memory for me in social chain. It was really early days. It was kind of like I'd had that experience. I wanted to give it something like that to our team. But the difference that I had to be really aware of was that, you know, with social chain, we went to Ibiza. And when, like, not copying the exact same experience, when we went to Ibiza, what, like, we didn't really go out. We just went for a nice dinner, all this kind of thing. And that felt really what our team wanted. Whereas I could have forced us all out for three days because yeah. I was, you know, let's go to Ibiza, do this, do that. But the social chain and great influence thing is really interesting. Social chain was my only ever real experience of company culture. And it was built from Steve and Dom. They went to the US and they went to this place where the founder of Bebo was. And it was just a really cool space. There was, I don't know what was there, but I remember them coming back and kind of raving about it. And their logic was that they wouldn't work for someone else. They want to do their own thing. But they're like, well, how can we create something that we would want to turn up to every day with no preconceived idea of what company culture is even meant to mean we didn't know what an agency was until about nine months in um and they just built it from what they thought they would like and then it kind of expanded from there which is like this really nice trying to understand who you are or the people are and great influence kind of started with me thinking right i think it should be this therefore going to try and make it like this. And I remember having a meeting with the team and being like, what do you think we are, we are as a team? Like what are the words that you'd use, what or this? And it was really different from what I'd have said. And I think at that point we found like the collective alignment between what everyone had said at the time. And we were like, right, that's it moving forward. And 
when I think of the going to Ibiza, how we did it was reflective of how that team is and what they enjoy. We've struggled with, with culture. I mean, if we took all our our employees are that varied and that weird, if we took all mm. ours to Ibiza, someone would die. Yeah, I think yeah. that's simple as that. So do you we're, think culture then, it naturally... it your employees it creates itself you can throw some bean yeah. bags in you can put up a basketball hoop we, well we did this we so we got <laughs> pool table from a pub uh we've got a ping pong table we've got a bar we've got a terrace we've got pub benches we've got basketball hoop we got two pogo <laughs> sticks <laughs> <laughs> genuine and you know what no, nobody uses any of it really <laughs> like dean, yeah. dean plays ping pong once a week yeah. i think um, why did you bring those things into your office because was it a perception that that's what people yeah, want because I, thought, I think in your head you think that's going to be fun cool. don't, don't be wrong but why it do look, you do that it's actually seen other cool. people other businesses yeah probably it? Ten thousand hours. Chain. it's probably the social chain effect you know yeah. Ten thousand hours you've just not done your ten thousand hours yet same as me i'm like people expect us to have company culture figured mm. out and i've done no hours in doing mm. it well didn't social uh, chain by a, a slide for the yeah office? one of the first things that came into the office was this massive slide um and probably at one point like made things a bit tricky financially for social chain had to get through that moment but it's dom actually when you think about it so then Symbol see what he went on yeah to. dom actually says like he says that slide was immensely integral to everything that followed because it was almost like symbolistic of that's how he speaks about it like it was symbolistic of yeah. something bigger that yeah. was in the form of a slide that cost a lot of money <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i think like me trying to build a company culture now and also trying to be a leader in a team mm. i'm so immensely inexperienced yeah. and there's two ways it's been really really pointed out to me in that one we hired a girl called Ellie who's ADHD autistic and completely for the first time I, I thought, oh, everyone's not the same, which when you're managing people is a really important realization to mm. make. Um, and then the second thing is I was on a call once with someone in my team who's a female and after the call, it was with two guys and we just had the conversation, the four of us. And then after the call, she said, they didn't say a word to me or look at me once. And that's not the first time that that's happened. I'd have had no idea yeah, because yeah. I just thought the call went how it should. Yeah. But she'd, and I think this is like a problem as well in that people that are running businesses now, especially with like LinkedIn and company culture being such a thing that you need to make important. It's almost mm -hmm. like there's a thing of trying to have it figured out and make mm -hmm. it right when you've got no experience in doing it and yeah. you're learning. And as a leader, you're... This is the thing that I've learned. Again, I'm saying like, I'm a, as a leader, like I know, um, I've realized how small my worldview is. And, you know, the that call, I'd have had no idea, but now I have an idea. And it has helped me understand that. Same with the neurodivergent thing. And I, like, I think there's a pressure on employers that are really at the start to have it figured out already that's kind of like... Yeah. It's fucking people up. Who um, controls that narrative though? So if you've got a lot of stuff there, yeah, is it what they post impacts on other people's perceived uh, ideas about your company culture? Do you see what I mean? You can't really control that narrative as the owner of the business, can yeah, you? Yeah, I think you have less control of it now. Now yeah. that... Which is kind of dangerous in many ways if you are trying to sort of... Yeah, I think... Control your own business story. It's your business. They're only passing through, right? A lot yeah. of the time. Especially at the start, they might be there yeah. two years. And it's like, 
they kind of dictate what other people think. Yeah. Take Ellie as an example. She's got a big audience, right? Mm-hmm. So what she posts about what happens in your place yeah. could have a positive and negative effect, essentially, yeah, yeah. depending on what uh, kind of content she puts out, which is mad because you kind of want to say, well, don't post that. But equally, that's the kind of thing that made yeah. you hire that person yeah. anyway. I think you can. You just have to control what you control. And I think COVID was a really big lesson in this in that in hindsight, looking at that situation, you look at like the work from home thing. And I think there's a lot of business owners who are want people to be in the office and have a culture and it means something to them and it makes it exciting and that's been taken away. And I think if if you'd have been more clear about who you are as a business yeah. and kind of defined who you're for and who you're not. And then it's up to the people that work there to decide whether they are or not. And yeah. I think there's a, maybe a case of people are trying to appeal to everyone rather than figure out, again, it's like your what's your personality as a business and then people can decide whether they want to follow you or not as a personal brand or a business. I think you guys do that really well. But what, what's you know, that? Uh, sort of like I got an idea I kind of know what I'm letting myself in for by looking at the way you conduct yourselves online how you do your ads yeah. your job ads and so that yeah, you kind yeah, of know yeah. what you're getting with offended yeah. do you know where I think people get it wrong but they were seen as say like Brewdog and there's like some marketing agencies out there that they mm-hmm. show online that they've got this amazing culture and it's almost that like artificial culture that they've created yeah. but then when you go on Glassdoor and you see all the stuff that's actually anonymous threads by employees it's clicky as fuck. It's only really that nice and that good for the five, six, seven, eight original people that are in yeah, that yeah. business. Yeah, yeah. Very clicky. There's, there's a that's, great... quite, that's a lot more common than I think people know. I think, take Brewdog as an example, obviously a lot of stuff's come out since. Yeah. Say a lot of the stuff that was coming out about Brewdog, about what it was really like to work there, was so far removed from the sort of culture that they were trying to promote. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah a yeah. guy called Shaq that was one of the early investors, Shaquille Khan, early investor in Spotify, he came into Social Chain once and gave a talk. And he said that each stage of a business is an entirely different company. So zero to 10 in terms of headcount, zero to 10, 10 to 25, 25 to 50, so on and so forth. Entirely different businesses. And I think that the problem with that is that you don't get to wipe the slate clean and start again when it's the next phase of the business. And also the culture can take time to catch up to the new business that exists. Mm -hmm. And some people, he also said, he was like, some people will love the zero to 10. Yeah, that's me that. And he won't, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved social chain zero to 10. After that, I really, really struggled. And he, he said some people will make the transition into the next one and then some won't. Yeah. And I think there's so much of that. Yeah. You think like... We've just gr- done that. We've just done it. We've just gone from 10 to 14 people now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but you'll naturally then break into your We're the Originals uh, without even knowing. Yeah. I think yeah. you naturally go, well, we're the Originals. And yeah. you're almost like how you see things, how you live and breathe the band yeah. is different to them. And in a weird way, Probably, there's yeah. some... Kind, I think, I might be wrong, this isn't an example saying offended is lightest, but I'm just saying mm. in general... There's almost a resentment between those two yeah, groups. There is. Like, well, you're coming in now riding our tails. We've built this thing. Yeah. This means more to us. That group thinks, well, this is my business. How the fuck has this, has she yeah. come along? And she's sort yeah. of like, she's come along. I put four years into this with being underpaid, underappreciated, working long hours. Now they're coming in saying, well, I want 32 days paid holiday. Yeah, I want, I always think that's when it fractions start. And that's when you get almost like warring factions. But then on, 
LinkedIn and stuff, it'd be like, oh, it's amazing to work here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it becomes very clear. We, we, haven't, we haven't found that yet, but we've yeah. been here a week. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. your expectations of your of the people who work here are very different at that mm-hmm. at that stage. The people that come yeah. in at 20 to 30 want, you know, standard hours and all the culture yeah, that we've yeah, talked yeah. about, and yeah. the nice office environment. Not to tend you use backs against the wall, we eat what we kill. It is very different. Yeah. yeah. And then one person who couldn't transition from zero to 10 into 10 to 25 has a bad experience and leaves a glass door of you and fucks you forever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, by the way, they're the ones, I know this is going to sound like a really odd thing to say or a very honest thing to say. When you're starting a business and especially a young business in marketing, you do, you kind of survive by hook and by crook, yeah. right? A lot of the time. And you probably, you're all young, you're all like in your early to mid twenties. What you like to do on nights out and the sexual chemistry and tension between people and that things, that zero to 10 has got a lot of stories on the people that have built that business. And that's mm. what they always throw back, I think, whenever yeah. they do these ruse, even though they were knee deep in it themselves when yeah. they were in So, there. what are you saying? Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Damn. Right, go back down, to go back down to four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Just but you know beat. what I mean? It's always that. And I always think, like, I always think whenever I see that, I think, you sly fuck because you were exactly that. You were in a beef sniffing beak with that person. You know that happened. Now you're making it like, it's a toxic culture because they used to do this. Yeah, yeah. you bang at it. Also but you're just pissed off now because you've been replaced by someone that's actually, do you know what I mean? It's the, always that. So. Yeah. There's also a business quote that's something along the lines of the the team you, your business needs is not necessarily the team you started with. And yeah. I think yeah. that's quite harsh as, I think, in, as a business. I think that includes yeah. the founders as well. After. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's it 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 just as a founder. Me, it's it's social Gymshark. Yeah. Something's obviously happened at Gymshark recently. I don't know if it was investment or whatever, yeah. but it's almost like they've got to a stage now where maybe the guy that used to live in the room next to at uni mm, isn't yeah. necessarily the mm. best marketing director you're ever going to get. He was mm. a good mate and you brought him all the way through, but now it's, shit's got real. So... Mm. And I think that's when it can almost happen. Like, well, I've given this five years, yeah. 10 years, but but that's great. But yeah. you, you've learned on the job, mm. this guy's took Nike to this level. Mm. So who would Gymshark going to have? Yeah. Are they going to have John from Solly Hall? Yeah. Or are they going to go and like, well, let's just go get fucking Nike's head of marketing or whatever. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. I think- I think it's a really good point. And, does, and then do you lose your culture because of that? Yeah, it's a different culture now, I think. Mm. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah, I think What were some of the things when, when Learning Heroes was sold? the number of messages I got in that first sort of six months from old clients saying, it's not the same since you mm. guys have left. Yeah, yeah. But that's because an American company owns it now. Mm-hmm. They've got a different way of marketing themselves. They've gone, let's increase the prices. Let's be really strict on the terms. But we were just like, oh, we're fucking making it up. What do you want? Oh, yeah, we'll sort that out for you. Without like going, no, that's not in your agreement and stuff like that. So I think it's quite an interesting thing on culture. Ash, I like to quote that scene of yours, which uh, you could go a week without doing nothing as long as the timing was right when you do something. So it got us thinking about is infrequent better than irrelevant when it comes to posting? Yeah, so I think there's like people that have, you know, Dan doesn't always post frequently, but when he does, it's always really good and it stands out Um, genuinely. Uh, And then there's like, there's a guy called Harry Dry that runs marketing examples he pops up maybe once every six months, but when he does, he kind of like grabs the attention of the moment. And um, I think it's just social media is like fast food culture, isn't it? Like everything, you've got to be constant. Otherwise you're going to, you know, it's here today, gone tomorrow. It's all that kind of thing. And I've seen it before where people have done something and even I, I've done a, you know i'm not anyone and i've done a podcast like three years ago and somebody two months ago messaged me and said oh i've just watched your podcast on youtube i thought it was really good and i'm like 
that is mental. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I, th I just think there's a pressure to be there all the time. And like, I even feel it. Uh, and it's a constant like battle between, again, understanding what are the things that are external putting pressure on you to do the things you're doing versus what do you want to do and what do you think is the best thing to do and it's a constant battle for everyone between the two but you know i haven't i haven't met someone who's posted infrequently that's done it well that has turned around and said oh i should post more mm. they might think yeah you get more out of it maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. but you might also lose that yeah, you, well, you, you, when you turn up, it's always yeah, really good, and I you lose be. the power of that. I can't be, and I, and I haven't, I, I haven't actually seen anybody who can be that creative, creative, creative enough to make a piece of content bang three times, four times. You can't do it. You can give your thoughts, sure, yeah, but you can't be expecting huge numbers and 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 and, and, and a big conversation around it if 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 on every single post. And I think that's, and, and also I'll tell you what it does as well is that infrequency argument, particularly with what's called Harry Dry. Is that his name? Yeah. Right. Um, the, uh, the the it, it goes against this whole algorithm excuse yeah, yeah. everyone comes out with on social media. Oh, yeah, my content doesn't do well. I'm pretty sure the algorithm's against you. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm shadow banned. I'm pretty sure I'm this. We, we get it all, all the time. It's like, no, it, it just wasn't very good. Yeah. You know, if, if a guy can post every six months and still, and it bang every time, yeah. he's just proved that argument wrong. Mm. Yeah. So... I imagine it's a case of there's no right or wrong with this. Yeah, no. there's no... I, do, do what you want. Because yeah. there's another argument that, I mean, I've seen Justin Wells post about it and he, his argument is just get on base every day talking about the same thing every single day and you become known for it within your industry. Yeah. Certainly, say, say our yeah. business page, the IAM page, we just want to make sure we're talking about animations almost yeah. daily. So we're front of mind. Someone thinks of animations on LinkedIn. Yeah. Bang. It's But we can't be creative yeah. daily about our animations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them are going to be just standard posts. Could you still be, could you still, so so I would be, you could still be front of mind posting once a week and being creative. Yeah. I'm front of, probably front of mind for most people when it comes to, you know, controversial, edgy marketing, yeah. right? Well, most people probably put me in that list, but. I don't have to post that much to be fun. But, but does that require? But that, I guess that requires <laughs> talent. <laughs> that requires talent. I'm not saying what yeah. we do isn't talented. You but, guys are talented, though. You, you guys, you guys, you guys have done plenty that, that blows up as well. I think this is this is the the this. I think I think you got it right in that there's no right answer. Yeah, there it's is. just that it's just the people going. Three, this is four how times it, a day. Some days, some days I don't yeah. post for like three, four days. It's just yeah, literally yeah, if yeah, I think yeah, something. Yeah. Sometimes I actually get annoyed thinking, oh, I thought of something that was quite decent yeah, thirty yeah, minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. I thought of something else now. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to manage to see that one through. Yeah, 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 the next yeah, one coming, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess surely um, Ash and, and Dan for this one, I guess if you've done paid PR for people, is there not an expectancy to, of how often you should pay if you're paying a monthly retainer um, and you don't do anything for them that month because you're like, you don't want to post that often, mate. Like, oh, no, yeah, there is. No, we have to, there, there is, a, there's, there still has to be, this is the thing with, the, the difference between me posting for myself yeah. and somebody paying me to do it, they're paying for a service. They're going to expect deliverables and deadlines because that's business. If it wasn't, I'd be Dr. Dre and it, I'd be doing whatever the fuck I want and producing music whenever the fuck I want. I'm not. Yeah. I've, I've got a deadline. I've got deliverables that month, so I have to hit them. But we do make sure that the deliverables are reasonable Yeah. so that my team aren't having to produce three posts a day because they're not going to be able to. And no, yeah. one, no one's got that much money. There's no right or wrong. And it's. I saw a tweet once that was like, Red Hot Chili Peppers have released something like 380 songs in their career and only 10 have ever made like the Billboard charts. And it's mm. like, you know, they've just put out two double albums this year, which is like 34 songs. 
but every, everyone still only really remembers Under the Bridge. Mm-hmm. And there's an argument for that, like, you know, put things out and then the one thing will kind of do really well, but then you keep, you're almost like keeping the creative thing going rather yeah. and. So yeah, the, I, don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Again, it comes. I just think it yeah. comes back to works best for you. One last question, Ash. Just what's the best piece of advice you ever had around PR? Steve is like his level of thinking is just unbelievable on this whole thing. I but, think the whole thing of it, the, the thing to take away is just like it's very easy to try copy what somebody else does, but you're never gonna win long term in that. And I think t- time will tell. It'll show us that people that do that won't win. Um, and instead it's like take influence from other places and really try to figure out what you can bring to the table as like uniquely you as best as you can in that moment and do that that's it for this episode we're continuing the chat over in our private slack group where we'll be answering your specific questions about business sales marketing and anything in between if you want to join you can sign up for free by clicking the link in the description and finally if you enjoyed the chat don't forget to subscribe to this channel and leave a like on this video